Paso a Paso Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Paso Paso Podcast. This is Miles back again. And on this episode, uh, not only are we moving as I am with my mother on the way back to um, bring her to Santa Fe so she can return home, but she's with us now. My mother visited Taos. And, you know, as often I like to say, hey, community, I want to interview you. Everybody's been a kid. Some of you have been parents, but it's not always that easy. So I have to resort to resort to using my own family. And here's my mother, who's so willing to speak with us today. And would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you so much for for doing this. Hey, thank you. I'm honored actually to have my son interview me. My name is Anne, and I live in St. Louis. And I'm Miles' mom. And so, starting off, so the folks can get to know you a little bit, you are now uh, wrapping up your trip to beautiful Taos, New Mexico. Yep. And um, what was the reason you showed up, and how did it go for you? I've had a great trip. I've been here about a week, and I came because Miles and his wife had a new member of their family. They had a new baby, and this makes child number four grandchild Whoa. number four Whoa. for me here in Taos and I had to meet this new baby had to come and it happened it happened happened I met this wonderful child and also got to know my other three grandchildren better because since I live so far away it's hard to spend time so I get out here at least once a year and usually the family comes somewhere toward the Midwest once a year so we don't see each other a lot but when we do we, we try to have really quality time together. I had a wonderful time here. Great. And thank you. Yeah, this is a nice uh, little view we're driving through. Um, and you know what? It says a lot about you as a mother that you make the effort to try to visit and that you're able to, right? There's always finances involved, but there's also interest. And so you are, um, I would say, an amazing grandmother. And you feel like it's important to stay connected to your grandchildren. Why is Absolutely. that? Oh, my gosh. Well... Um, there's so many reasons for that. I mean, I want to know them and who they are as people, and I want them to know me. I'm getting kind of emotional even thinking about this. <laughs> I am. My eyes are all tearing up. Um, we both cried undercover Oh, boss. my gosh. We do. Miles and I are pretty sentimental people. Um, I really try to keep in contact by phone. I send them letters. And M- Miles and his family, um, I mean... They, they talk about their relatives a lot, and I credit them for that. So I feel like since we're not physically present a lot of times, they know they know who we are. You know, partially that's the parents doing, and partially it's the grandparents reaching out. But um, I just want to know my, my grandchildren and who they are at, at each stage of their lives. And um, I think I'm lucky enough so far that that's working out. I take the train out here. Yeah. A lot of times, I love doing that mm-hmm. instead of flying, or and it's a long drive. Have driven out before, but the train's my favorite, so I'm actually looking forward to doing that again on the way home. Nice. And as I think about it, I I feel like if I was going to generalize, um, yeah, this is you know obviously generalizing Taos is impossible, but I'm going to give it a shot. I'd say let's say possibly there are two different types of people that are here. One would be the type of people that have that have grown up here and have family here, right? And the other type might be people that moved here and don't necessarily have family here. Yeah. Um, 
the people that grew up here and have family here, it's a beautiful thing. Family is often a huge part of their experience, and that's wonderful. For people um, that moved here, such as myself, I'd say there's even two parts within that. Listeners will wonder if, if you're one or the other. For people that moved here, did you move here because it's beautiful and you wanted to be here? Which is why I'm here. Or did you move here to get away from people? <laughs> there's a lot of people there's listening a point to that. that try to get away from people to come all the way to this corner mm-hmm. and they might not have grown up here. And so this is not to critique anybody. This is just an observation of mine. To bring it back to you, you know, I am here partly because someone else wanted to get away from someone else, but I love being here. And as a result, my parents don't live here. You, my mother, live in a state far away. And because I wasn't trying to escape you, we still have a good relationship. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Some people who may be avoiding their family, again, not a judgment, just facts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, rightly so, who knows what people are experiencing, right? All types of things go on. Um, sometimes it can feel lonely being out here. Yeah. Um, what was it like for you? I mean, you also got along with your parents, and I don't really know where I'm going with this, but okay. let's bring it to um, to my childhood. You as a new mother. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like for you? Did you feel like you were prepared as best you could? What was your context <laughs> for what parenting was? Oh, well, I always wanted to be a mom. I know that sounds corny, but I really did. And um, so that part of it, came naturally to me and I'd been around little children. I have a younger sister who's much younger than me so I'd spend a lot of time with her. But that's different. That's all different than being a parent and 24-7 this child is your responsibility. I was pretty young when I had Miles. I was 25 which I think is comparatively young. Um, So I was really excited about it but also kind of surprised (laughs) naively surprised at how the responsibility didn't ever let up. Especially, I remember one time taking Miles on a vacation, and he was probably like eight weeks old or something, really little, and we went back to the Midwest. (laughs) And I was all excited for this vacation, got in the car, got him in his car seat, and a couple blocks away from our apartment, which we lived in New York City at the time, far away from my family, um, he started crying. And all of a sudden, it, it just hit me like, oh, my gosh, I don't really get a vacation. <laughs> I know yeah. that sounds bad, but... Well, there are many hours to come in that room. Yeah, but that kind of surprise... It, it's just funny what you don't... When you're young, what you don't really realize. But, of course, I love being a mom. And yeah. I, I was far away from my family, but I wasn't in as... Um, kind of a remote a location as Taos. If you want to get away from somebody, this is a good place to come because it's kind of hard to get here. Bravo, all y'all. Yeah. Um, so also, uh, oftentimes on this series, we interview people who run um, early child care, uh, early childhood education opportunities, whatever they want to call it. Mm-hmm. And we were actually earlier today, we're naturally talking about the um, settings that I was involved in in preschool mm-hmm. and even uh, as you used to call them play groups right so um, how did you go about choosing a preschool for me or, or the two that I went to and tell us about what what brought you and the other moms of these boys to want to hire someone to start a summer camp I, that was kind of <laughs> new for me to hear more about Wow well we're talking a, many years ago if I can remember it could all be a brief this, summer. but yeah um, you know, I probably wasn't super discerning in deciding about a preschool. The first one that we chose was pretty close to our house. Price was reasonable. 
And we lived on the East Coast, so things were pretty expensive there, and we didn't have a really great income at that time. But but I thought the school was pretty good that you went to for at least a year, maybe two, I can't remember. It's called Birches. Right, the Birches. And In then Teaneck, New Jersey yeah. area. And then the second school was a co-op, which I, I like that idea where the parents could come for a little bit lesser price. The parents could come like once or twice a month to help, and you were supposed to, and that's that was part of what you did to keep the price somewhat reasonable. And it was a little bit more natural environment, play-based, play-oriented, um, real loving people. And I met other mothers and their kids, especially the boys, you know, during that time. And then Sorry, we're just at an phone. intersection here. So. Louise. <laughs> um, bunch of boys and their moms and I got to be friends. And during the summer, um, since there wasn't any preschool, we found a young man that we hired to run a summer camp for the boys. I'd forgotten about that till Miles and I were talking about it earlier today, but it was like a play group or a, that was a little summer camp. And I honestly can't remember the things you did, but there must've been 10, at least 10 boys. Probably. Water fights. <laughs> probably like five years old or something that summer. It was fun. And, and there's one of those mothers that I maintained friendship with all the years, even though, you know, I moved away from New Jersey, but, um, so, you know, lifelong friendships. I have a sister. Yes, you do. Was it different raising a, uh, myself for my sister? Not to, not to classify oh, yeah. it as boys or girls, but Absolutely. personalities, etc. Very different personalities, yep. Um, and you were both great, but in different ways. <laughs> and I don't want to stereotype, but, you know, Miles was pretty active. Loved to ride his bike around, pretty Still independent. Loved love to dance, play instruments, loved an audience. Oh, boy. <laughs> I apologize. That's, that's the way it is. Loved to do break dancing oh, in the living room. It. That's their he description. Was, he was pretty good at that. Um, his sister was also outgoing, but, you know, more around the house, a little bit more, you know, I don't know. Not arts, as artsy, not as artsy, artsy, craftsy. Yeah, had, you know, sleepovers with her girlfriends and... Stuffed animals. Right. Yep, I mean, it was... Uh, it was different. A little bit more emotional, I would say. Probably a lot more emotional. <laughs> but... So, it was different. Different raising both of them. Yeah. But both were good in their own ways. So, here we are. It's 2022. And we have about uh, four more minutes left, Mom. These go fast. They this always do. They always do. So, in our last couple minutes, I want you to be able to share what else, other else comes to mind. Because this whole the, the goal of this is really to shine a light on parents and uh, child rearing and raising, as well as the experience of kids, and and make it more normal to talk and think about. Because it's something that, mm -hmm. for decades and centuries, has been shoved behind doors. Kind of a sexist approach to women should just raise kids, and mm -hmm. no one you know knows about it or something. I don't know. So, um, what are any more reflections you have about parenting, motherhood, any words of advice you've learned over the years? Or, do you think it's different to raise parents nowadays? You know, I, I, internet didn't exist until I was graduating high school, so... I think the internet and digital and all of that social media probably makes it a lot more challenging. I mean, we were lucky to have Nintendo. I think we were one of the last <laughs> peoples to get this. We didn't have... I think, what was that called? MT Music T? What was that? Well, thing? we didn't have cable till I was like at least yeah. 10. No, we were pretty behind the times. But that was okay. You know, we had VC, VCR and 
Sesame Street and, you know, educational TV was great. We tried to limit the screen time, like I'm sure most of you young parents do, but, um, gosh, I guess if I've learned, it's hard as your kids, you know, you put so much into your kids and child rearing, like 24-7 for many years, and then all of a sudden, and it's not really all of a sudden, but it's shocking when they go. And then you realize, oh, yeah, you know, I did my best, and they're now responsible for themselves and for their own decisions. And it's hard to let go of that. And I, at least it was for me. And I, I still work on it, believe it or not, people out there. <laughs> my son is yeah, a father of now? four children, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I still worry. And um, I, I try to learn how to let go of some of that and just trust in his good judgment because he has great judgment. But I... I still, I'm still his mom, and I always will be. Um, I think that's probably a good lesson that I could have tried to learn, or if I'd been wise enough along the way to see my children as separate entities from myself. I think maybe sometimes I saw him as an extension of myself, or something like that, where oh, yeah. I got too wrapped up a little bit. I, I maybe being too protective maybe. well I think I mean to be fair to you and other mothers especially they start out as you right and yep. so they start out as an extension of yourself factually physically mm-hmm. through the umbilical cord and so over time it is it is a slow progression you know yep and you know if you're responsible and conscientious as we're taught to be you know you have to watch what you eat and drink or not drink or this or that even soda I mean it was you know and you just do what the best you can for your children, and I, and everybody does the best that they know how to do. And I think that's important to remember and not to criticize others for however they're raising their children, as long as their kids are, you know, safe. Yeah. But not everybody has a loving home, and um, and not everybody came from a loving home. And I think sometimes that's hard to, probably hard to overcome that generational. Yeah. Um, Experience. Right. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Oh, and um, you're welcome. That's, that's it. This is episode, uh, it might be 71 again. I don't know, but here we are. And you know, for all you listening, whether you enjoyed that or not, help, please help me. Uh, don't let me keep sacrificing my family members to this these interviews. I need a larger pool of folks. And you listening right now who might be thinking about it, just go right ahead and send me a message. I'm not scary. I'm, I'm here to put you on a pedestal and celebrate you for who you are and what you're willing to share. Yeah. Now, Miles, let me interject here. Can you do this? Does the person have to be with you, or can you do it a digital way? Yeah, we, do, we can do it a digital way. I can do it over the phone. The audio is not always the best, but I uh, can also do it through like a Google or a Zoom thing on the on the on the Wi-Fi. We don't have to actually meet in person. Um, you could even do one with me and not say your name. But just to say, um, I really do want this to become more and more of a community thing. Uh, thank you so much. Um, and if you want to reach out to me, email is pasotaos at gmail.com. P-A-S-O-T-A-O-S at gmail.com or pasotaos.org.org. And you can contact me through the contact page there. Um, any last words? Thank you so much for visiting and uh, love you. And thanks for sharing the wisdom. I love you too, honey. Paso, paso, cactus. Paso, paso. Podcast.